faithwire.com. Well, hello and welcome to 4 and 3, a podcast breaking down four of the most important stories of the day and three things you need to know about them all from a Christian perspective. Today's Tuesday, May 18th, 2021. I'm Dan Andros. Coming up on the podcast today, Franklin Graham goes on CNN and has some thoughts about the COVID vaccine. And a Scottish law school student is under investigation for saying that only women have female anatomy. And a jailed pastor in Canada warns they're coming after you next. And a new study shows 43% of millennials don't know, don't care, or don't believe God exists. We'll have those stories and more with Trey Gons Phillips from Faithwire.com. Trey, how's it going? It's good. It's a nice uh, overcast, rainy Tuesday here. Ah. Uh, but, yeah. A little bit of rain never heard. I got some, we got some sunny up here in uh, Bucks County, Pennsylvania. But uh, uh, interested to hear the details on that study that you just mentioned there, because uh, that's kind of kind of depressing on the uh, for the millennials. It is a bit depressing, and I'm I'm uh, among those millennials. So it's uh, you know, God, I, I try to try to do my best to represent my generation, yeah. to represent my generation yeah. well. But studies like these don't really. <laughs> Well, don't really do too well. No, but I guess it just means it's we got a right mission field there. So yeah, that's true. Yeah. So all right, let's uh, let's dive right in here. We've got uh, story number one. Franklin Graham made a rare appearance on CNN with Wolf Blitzer, and he was discussing the COVID vaccination, specifically the quote of vaccine hesitancy being experienced in some groups, particularly among evangelical Christians. And he delivered a balanced message, one that's kind of in contrast to a lot of the lecturing uh, from the president and other prominent political figures, such as Hillary Clinton, uh, about getting the vaccine. Well, the, the left has been pushing this narrative in what appears to be an attempt to malign sort of white evangelicals who are hesitant in getting the vaccine. Graham said he thinks it's important that we model our ministry after that of Jesus Christ. We want to try and bring healing to people's bodies and we can do that through modern medicine. Uh, he went on to discuss his grandfather as an example, who was a surgeon who brought modern medicine to China back in the early 1900s. And he said he did that in Jesus' name. He said, I don't think it's just the evangelicals, he noted, citing the military and some other groups who are also uh, have uh, sizable numbers of people who are yet to be vaccinated. He said, I think a lot of people are just afraid of something that's new. Uh, but he went on to say that he thanks God for vaccines and talked about how you know it's eradicated disease in the past and how it's how it's um you know a benefit to society but and the media is kind of focusing on that angle but um his message really was balanced and this is the part that a lot of people are not focusing on but uh here's what he said uh when he was addressing those who've yet to have the uh, vaccine and so vaccines are important. I would encourage people to pray about it, consider it. I would never tell somebody they had to have it or try to mandate it. But I think we certainly uh, should encourage people to consider uh, the vaccine. And if you don't take it, uh, there's some real risks for some yep. for some groups. So a balanced message there saying that he just wouldn't force it on anybody. And, you know, hey, it's your choice. But obviously he's kind of on the side of you should get it. Um, but uh, and Graham himself is fully vaccinated and he said he's willing to work with the Biden administration to get the word out. This is interesting. Wolf asked him directly uh, if the Biden administration has reached out to him here 
is what Franklin Graham said. Has the White House, Reverend Graham, actually reached out to you about this and asked you to do a, a public service announcement, something along those lines? Uh, no, not yet, but I'd be glad to if they call. I certainly would try to, to work with them and help them any way I could. So very interesting there, because uh, the administration has indicated that they're working with faith groups, and there's, there's not many more prominent voices uh, in yeah. Christianity than Franklin Graham. And uh, he's sitting here saying that, yeah, he'll he'll give a message, but they won't do it. Um, so so that's the story there. Kind of, I thought, very uh, uh, interesting news you know, related to the vaccine as more and more people are getting vaccinated. So what what is the left saying here? Well, Hillary Clinton tweeted it out uh, that she said, it's simple. Get the vaccine and get your life back. Joe Biden said, after a year of hard work and so much sacrifice, the rule is now simple. Get vaccinated or wear a mask until you do. So what's the right saying? Well, plenty of people on the right are getting vaccinated as well. But the messaging from the left, like you just heard from Biden and Clinton, uh, has kind of struck a tone that feels a bit more Orwellian or authoritarian than what most people in freedom-loving countries uh, would normally tolerate or feel comfortable with. So why does it matter? Well, it matters because the goalposts keep moving all over the place since the early days of 15 days to slow the spread. Um, now it's just vague, lower numbers, get and get vaccinated and you can have your life back. Uh, you know, initially we were told, hey, once we have a vaccine, we go back to normal. Now it's, you know, everyone has to get vaccinated, not just we're having it available. So uh, the bottom line here, I think, is if they want people to get vaccinated, I don't think this messaging is going to have the intended impact uh, that, that they want. Yeah, I think the messaging for all of this has been so bizarre, uh, honestly, from the beginning. And I, I think that all of it is just, uh, I mean, certainly a whole a whole slew of Americans are getting vaccinated and yeah. already are vaccinated, yeah. and those numbers are, to, are going to continue increasing. I, I know a whole lot of people in evangelical Christian circles who are vaccinated and, and are promoting vaccines on social media and all that kind of stuff. So uh, there certainly are a whole lot of people who are getting vaccinated. But I, the messaging to me is all is all wrong and I think is is backfiring because people who might otherwise be willing to get the vaccine are kind of digging in their heels when they hear messages from yeah. like that from Hillary Clinton and from Joe Biden saying, well, you know, I'm not going to do that because uh, you're trying to force me to do it. So I'm just not going to do it. Uh, so I think there's there's some of that. And I think also the uh, this is not so much from the White House necessarily, but just in the media, the general like uh, broad brush generalizations about well, this is vaccine hesitancy in evangelical circles. Yeah. And we're going to, you know, say all of them are, are, are not doing this because of X, Y, and Z. Uh, and you do that with any sort of people group. I think the more that we do that and more kind of like otherize different demographics, uh, the more, uh, or the less, uh, incentivize they're going to feel to get the vaccine yeah. too. Uh, so I think a lot of the messaging, like, well, I get why they're doing it, trying to force you and encourage you to do it. Uh, it's, the wording is is not really that effective. Yeah, just seeing the mark. It, it sure feels like um, the administration, given that they're not even reaching out to Franklin Graham, who is on CNN saying, "Hey, I'm happy to help get the word out about getting the vaccine." Yeah. Um, and who can reach more evangelical Christians than Franklin Graham right now? Um, right. And so it, it leaves the impression that the administration is more concerned. They, it's like maybe they like having this boogeyman. These, I mean, white mm -hmm. evangelical Christians are the same boogeyman for so many issues. Um, and so maybe they like and prefer having that as a political, 
sort of a you know, boogeyman to hold up there that they can use as a punching bag uh, and a rallying cry. But um, but yeah, overall, the messaging certainly does feel more um, threatening than it does just like an inspiring message about, hey, the vaccines are working. Here are the numbers. Let's do this. You know, like, I don't know, do stuff like that rather than just say, you know, rather than kind of making people who uh, choose not to get a vaccine or are hesitant for one reason or another uh, kind of feel like the enemy in the country. Yeah, it's just it's been a, a doom and gloom message, I think, throughout throughout the duration. <laughs> yeah. And I don't I just don't I don't see it as that. Uh, effective, unfortunately, but like uh, Franklin Graham has also gone on Axios this week uh, yeah. and on HBO Max and did a whole interview, and he also made similar comments about vaccines there. Uh, he's like, uh, he 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 might be the most engaging um, faith-based leader on Facebook, if if not just like yeah. not even faith-based, just like one of the most active Facebook pages yeah. on the entire platform. So just pragmatically, you would think that the Biden administration would be like. Hey, this guy. Whether we agree with him on everything or not, he's willing to to help us on this, uh, and he's the most engaged Facebook page on the internet on on certain <laughs> yeah, days. Right. Uh, so you know, it, it it would behoove them, I think, to, uh, reach, to reach out. out. To, yeah, we'll see uh, if to him. So yeah, we'll see if they do. Anyway, all right. Story number two. So, a law school student in uh, Aberte University in Scotland uh, is under investigation after she said in class that only women. Uh, have female anatomy, meaning only women can have vaginas and that males are on average physically stronger than females. Both of them seem like basic facts, <laughs> yeah. but that, that got her in, in some trouble. So uh, the 29-year-old student, her name's Lisa, she's in her final year of school, uh, is facing disciplinary action from the university uh, after some of her classmates reported her for her comments. Uh, she reportedly made the remarks during seminars uh, about feminism and the law. Uh, so Lisa made the point during a conversation uh, during that seminar about transgender athletes in sports, as she said that a transgender female, a biological male, uh, would be genetically stronger than your average female just due to natural testosterone, even if uh, their testosterone levels had been suppressed. Uh, she told the Times, a British newspaper, that she initially thought an email about an investigation into her uh, was a joke. Uh, she said, I thought there was no way that the university would pursue me for utilizing my legal right to freedom of speech. She went on to say, I didn't intend to be in, to be offensive, but I did take part in the debate and outlined my uh, sincerely held views. I was abused and called names by other students who told me I was a, quote, typical white cis girl. Uh, you have got to be able to freely exchange differing opinions, she said. Otherwise, it's not a debate. Uh, Lisa said she was not at all trying to be offensive. Uh, she even said that she worked as a mechanic before going into law school and said that she was just stating what she sees as simple biological fact, uh, recalling that uh, her male counterparts of the mechanic shop uh, around her could lift things that she just physically was unable to carry. And she said, I mean, it's just obvious uh, <laughs> that males uh, tend to be on average stronger uh, than than women. And also the anatomy is is different between male and female. Right. Uh, but like I said, that got her in trouble. So what's the last thing? Well, we just talked yesterday about uh, another story of a Spanish politician who's faced uh, a 12-hour suspension from Twitter uh, for stating that men can't get pregnant. And in January, Twitter also suspended an account uh, associated with Focus on the Family for referring to uh, Assistant Health Secretary Rachel Levine, who is transgender, 
uh, as a, a biological male. So this is kind of like is, is the direction uh, a lot of the left is going, which is you know censoring that debate and that conversation. Uh, so what's the right saying? Well, conservatives have argued against uh, this kind of censorship and language policing, both on social media platforms and in the university. Uh, so why does it matter? I think this matters because as Christians, we know that from Scripture there are two sexes, our male and female, as God designed us. Uh, but that's not to dismiss people who are dealing with gender dysphoria. Uh, but I don't know how we can have a, a thoughtful conversation about issues regarding sexuality uh, if we can't actually debate it and discuss it. Like if I can't uh, refer to the science or I can't refer to biological fact or I can't refer to questions about transgenderism, uh, then I, I'm not sure how we can actually have an honest conversation uh, because if basic biological facts are being recategorized as forms of hate speech, uh, then there's no real way to move forward in any sort of conversation. That's not to say people should be bullying uh, and dismissive of someone's experience, but if we can't thoughtfully engage with science, then I don't yeah. know how we can have these conversations. Yeah, and it's it's just a tactic right now that, that a lot of people are using, which is to, to declare something you know, words are violence and, yeah. and that they're threatening and they're harmful. And it just shuts down debate, like you said, and you can't talk. And man, it is going to be a big, a big backlash when people feel like they just can't say what they're thinking. And that doesn't mean you always say every single thing you think, right. but especially in a debate uh, where you're supposed to be talking about various things and, and exploring issues. Um, I, you know, at some point you just got to get to a level where you got to have a, a, you know, a thick skin, right. And just not let things bother you that much. I mean, yeah, I, I feel like they're, we're being trained to be outraged at every single thing and every single thing is an offense and everything single thing is harmful to me. Yeah. Um, uh, which is not, shouldn't be true, right? Like we should be able to um, move past somebody who says something, you know, bad about you or, or whatever the case may be, you know, you should yeah. have a, you should have a higher level of, um, trust. And I mean, as Christians, we trust in God and we, we can say, look, I know who God made me. I know who I am in Christ. And so no matter what some other person says, you know, that, that just can't take away from, from wh who I am. And so, uh, I, I just think we have to be better at not letting every single thing just unravel our worlds. Yeah, and I think in, particularly in an academic institution, this woman is in law school. She's in the final year for law yeah. school. She was in a, in a seminar and a lecture about feminism and the law. And, you know, like it or not, the reality is, is that these transgender questions are going to come up in a legal setting and what better place to discuss yeah. it than when you're still a law student and it's like you, we don't necessarily have to agree on this but the reality is is that there are going to be cases centered on these questions and yeah. we need to debate them and understand them so that when we're in the court you know when we're in a trial or, or when we're deliberating or you know whatever the case might be regardless of where we fall on the issue so we legally understand the 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 subject yeah uh, and without having these kinds of conversations without the the freedom to have these kinds of conversations particularly like i said in the classroom we're not really we're doing a disservice to yeah. these students who are then going to be our lawyers and our attorneys yep yeah and and it's and to me it looks like when you have to try to shut someone down and and just say we can't have that conversation it, it kind of makes me think well you 
must have a really bad argument if you're not willing to stand up mm, and make yeah. the case for it. So, all right, let's uh, let's head into story number three and an update on Canadian pastor Arter Palowski, who was arrested earlier this month for allegedly holding a church service that violated new public health restrictions on uh, gatherings there in Canada. And he's been released on bail and says he was treated harshly while in police custody. He said, quote, they are doing this to me. They're going to come after you. It's just a matter of time. We've become political prisoners in Canada because we dare to challenge their corruption. He added that because that's what it is. The whole system is corrupted. The politicians are corrupt people. Went on to describe his treatment when he arrived in jail, saying that he was on the concrete with no pillow, no mattress, no blanket, just concrete and a light. Uh, he accused authorities of depriving him and his brother uh, of sleep and even refusing his request for a Bible. He, he did say that when the guard shift changed, that first shift change when he got there, uh, the next guard was, was a little more humane and offered him a mattress, got him a Bible. Um, then they were transferred to another detention center, uh, which the pastor described as, quote, hell. They were allegedly thrown into a, quote, filthy cell along with 30 other inmates and forbidden to contact their lawyers. Um, once he was released, he said that the police followed him home in a helicopter. He also claimed wow. that local authorities have just a vendetta against him. He said it becomes personal. It becomes a personal vendetta uh, in that the premier of Alberta there, Jason Kenney, came out and said, I'm going to crush Pawlowski. He said, that really broke my heart because it shows the level of evil. He said, evil. They're evil people. The premier of Alberta is an evil man. I think we've fallen very, very low in our country. Uh, that's what the pastor said. So what's the left saying? Well, many on the left have sort of joined the chorus, actually, of complaining about these draconian measures and what's happening to this church. We saw a lot of atheists out there uh, supporting uh, supporting some of these, um, uh, you know, the other churches there in Canada that are getting fenced up. But a good portion of the left feels that uh, this pastor got what he deserved for just not following the rules. Um, what's the right saying? Well, the right sees this sort of thing as a direct attempt by the government to use the church to set an example, to warn others, don't cross the government. So why does it matter? It matters because, you know, we might not be quite as far along as Canada is yet, but the way our leaders are talking, you think about the first story we just went through with Franklin Graham and some of the things Biden and Hillary and others are saying um, about just get the vaccine and then you can have life back to normal. Um, you know, we're on that trajectory. I mean, I think we're going there and rather quickly. I mean, to think yeah. that in America, Trey, that you could say something like what Hillary said there, um, you know, since when is the government the one that just takes and gives our freedom? Like there, I think we have a document on there that kind of enshrines <laughs> some of those freedoms, but apparently we've forgotten that. Yeah, I think it's, uh, we're in a place now where social media has kind of become real life. Um, like we live, yeah. we live in the, this binary now. And like, there are two extremes, like there's the right extreme and there's the left extreme. And if you're somewhere in between, or if you kind of, if you cross over, it's that, that's, that, that's not allowed. And it's kind of like a unicorn. Like everybody says that doesn't actually exist. You're either one or the <laughs> right. other, like you're either this or you're that. Uh, and I think it, that's to our detriment because it's created this, like what's happening yeah. in Canada with this pastor, uh, is on social media. Instead of people backing backing up a little bit and saying, "This is this is ridiculous," like whether you know, regardless of what your political uh, political affiliation is, to say this is wrong, like this shouldn't be happening. It used to be a place where we could we could step back and say, 
yeah, I don't agree with him on this, or I am an atheist, like some of those people on the ground, those protesters are saying, like, I am an atheist, but this kind of treatment is wrong. I think in real life, the everyday people uh, probably generally agree on this issue. But if you go on social media, you look at the news media, or you listen to the politicians, it's all such a binary, like it's one or the other. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's just going to take people getting off of social media, talking to one another, uh, and realizing, hey, the vast majority of us, regardless of our political beliefs, we're opposed to this kind of radical treatment, and we need to tell our government that they need to stop doing this because they work for us, not the other way around. Amen. So, all right, story number four. So a new study from Barna uh, and Arizona Christian University found that nearly half of millennials surveyed, which is 43% of them, uh, said they don't know, don't care, or don't believe God exists. And only 31% of Gen Xers and 28% of boomers uh, said the same. Uh, So the survey also found that nearly half of all boomers believe that when they die, uh, they'll go to heaven because they've confessed their sins and they've accepted Jesus as their savior. Unfortunately, only 26% of Gen Xers said that they believe that, and just 16% of millennials said that they Mm. think that's true. Uh, So the study said, the Barna said, oh, there's Piper, my dog is (laughs) chiming in a little bit. Upset at the millennials. Yeah, she's not too happy about this. Uh, So Gen X and the millennials uh, have solidified dramatic changes in the nation's central beliefs and lifestyles, uh, the survey found. From a nationwide perspective, the Christian church has done shockingly little to push back. Uh, The result is a culture in which core institutions, including churches and basic ways of life, are continually being radically redefined. Uh, So millennials have also, in practice, kind of done away with tolerance, the study found, Uh, even though we claim to be all about accepting people who are different from us. Uh, So one of the Arizona professors who participated in the study, he said, millennials champion the concept of tolerating different points of view. Yet we see in the research that their behaviors, such as promoting getting even situational treatment of other people or censoring specific viewpoints and policies, conflicts with their alleged embrace of tolerance and diversity. He went on to say, in fact, millennials are twice as likely as older adults to specify that the people they respect are those who hold the same religious or political views as they do. The attitudinal and behavioral evidence related to a variety of beliefs and relation, related behaviors suggests that, there are not a to, that they are not a tolerant generation, yeah. that despite their self-image and public promotion as one, so what's the left saying? Well, there's certainly a push from the left toward postmodernism and relativism, but there hasn't been a lot of response directly to this survey yet since it's it's brand new. Uh, what's the right saying? Well, I think most on the right have obviously opposed censorship, but there are co- some concerns about maybe mingling our politics and Christianity too much, right? Like there's there's been too much of a tie between uh, political conservatism and evangelicalism. Uh, And there's even some who are, you know, maybe accusing another person of being a leftist just because they're raising questions about uh, evangelicalism or they have concerns about how the church handles a a specific issue. Uh, So that's some of the the political uh, breakdown of this. But why does it matter? I think the shift toward postmodernism and relativism and getting away from absolute truth, like in our generation, we kind of embrace my truth. Uh, it's it's already leading to to real life mm-hmm. consequences. Uh, in 2019, Barna released another study uh, that found that 47% of millennials believe it's wrong to share their Christian faith in an evangelistic way. 
uh, you know, they think it's incorrect to to be using your faith as a way to perhaps bring other people uh, into the fold and convert other people to Christianity. And that's a concern to see that there are so many people in my generation uh, who see, uh, you know, proselytizing or sharing our faith uh, as potentially a moral wrong. Uh, So, you know, I think like you said at the top, uh, Dan, I think the best takeaway from this as believers uh, is it's, it's, shown a a, a real ministry opportunity, right? It's given us a a real opportunity to reach out to people in my generation, people in the millennial generation, uh, and share hope and faith uh, in Christ. And the grace that comes with that, you know, there are some people who have not necessarily evangelized or shared their faith in the most effective way. Uh, Maybe it's, you know, the the brimstone type stuff, and that hasn't always been effective. Uh, But, you know, there are good ways to share our faith, and I think we need to do that. And this this is an opportunity to do that yeah. uh, with the people around us. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I do think that we're seeing, you, you know, you're saying that there was the, the real life consequences for some of these, these views. And, and I do yeah. think that's absolutely true. And, and when you're bombarded with this stuff, you know, left and right and from from Hollywood and from school and from all basically all of mainstream cultural sources go, you know, a, a institution sort of go against <laughs> uh biblical teaching for the most part so mm-hmm. so you're you're up against a battering ram of of stuff that's just you know anti biblical views and so you know and we've talked about this trade but when you're when you distance yourself from the bible and say oh well not that part and not this part and you start picking and choosing and you start watering it down and say oh, it's just an old book well you're going to go in a different direction and i think uh yeah unfortunately we're seeing the fruits of that yeah, and it that is true. I think the more you start to pick away at different aspects of your faith and saying, well, I'm willing to compromise on this or this issue doesn't matter. I think the natural propensity, it, it's just the way we are as human beings, yeah. right? And we know that we're sinful and broken people, that our natural inclination is when we start compromising on this, what's to stop us from like, well, I, you know, I can compromise on this too, and I can compromise on this. Yeah. Uh, and I think eventually it just becomes a domino effect. And then we're left at, at the end, you know, completely deconstructed, like looking and saying, well, I don't know that I believe any of it anymore. Yeah. Well, and what, um, and what are you doing when you start picking and choosing and creating your own little template there of what's yeah. important, what's not? You're making yourself your own God, really. You're saying like, well, I'm just going to make up my own belief system and here we go. And um, it's really not based in anything, as we've talked about often about the relativism and uh, in that in our society. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, like you said, though, definitely a, a clear, a clear ministry opportunity there. And so um, instead of, you know, not the takeaway there shouldn't be just, oh, well, just those darn millennials. It's, well, you know <laughs> what? I'm going to not assume that that these people that even if they're going to my church believe all the same things that I believe. Let's talk. Let's let's flesh some of these things out. So. For sure. All right. That's all the time we have for today. And uh, as always, head on over to cbnnews.com, faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. God bless. Be back tomorrow. See you then.